Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. And a big thank you to everyone who sent me birthday wishes over email or social media or text in the last week or so. Um, I celebrated the milestone birthday back on June 19th. Um, and I've had great response to the 50 Things I Know at 50 last week's podcast. And of course, they're also available on the website as well, jamesweetman.com. This week's episode is all about putting the self back into self-confidence. And it's something that I've been paying a little bit more attention to myself in the last week or so, because I don't know about you as you know, society reopens and workplaces are reopening. There's that sense that we're emerging from the cocoon of our COVID lockdown. And maybe we're emerging a little bit wiser. Maybe we've been reminded of what's truly important to us. Um, but I know for me, I have a sense of, how would I say, self-consciousness or even anxiousness in returning to shops or crossing paths with more people. And it just has me thinking about this whole area of self-confidence and belief in ourselves, uh, something that can easily be uh, impacted when we find ourselves uh, in comfort zone, as we have been for a while in that safety and security of of the routines of just being at home and not interacting with as many people. And of course, it's part of a wider theme because I suppose one of the topics that comes up time and time again in the work that I do, but with workshops and with individuals, is that sense of uh, confidence. And the word, will mean, the word will mean different things to different people. But I think for most of us, if we're honest, we would like to feel more confident in at least some situations you know, whether that's to do with personal life, whether that's to do with leaving the home, whether that's to do with getting back into work or, or looking to change some things to do with work, instigating change in any area, perhaps. So it's useful any time to explore this, but maybe it's particularly timely right now. So as I say, the focus for this week is about confidence. And the phrase I like to use there is to put the self back into self-confidence. So let's get stuck in. If we're looking for more of anything, it's always useful to define it. So therefore, a useful question to ask ourselves is, is how do I define confidence or self-confidence? You know, remember, it's not what you see on someone else's outside, because you know the way you can look at other people and you think, oh my goodness, they're so confident. You know, we don't know what they're feeling. That's one of the things we do that perhaps doesn't serve us, is these comparisons of comparing what we see on someone else's outside with how we're feeling on the inside. And that's never a valid comparison. The only comparison that is valid is where we are now and maybe where we would like to be. Uh, some people, of course, also associate confidence with arrogance. Uh, of course, we're not talking about that. You know, too much of anything is not so good. Maybe too much confidence is arrogance. Um, I see it as a belief in ourselves. That's how I define self-confidence. And it's also based on our own intrinsic self-worth with maybe a healthy dose of self-esteem thrown in for good measure as well. And um, I would have said it before, too, that if we look at the root of the word confidence from the Latin confidus, meaning with faith, self-confidence is about faith in ourselves. Something else to remember when it comes to confidence is that we're not born lacking confidence. You know, think about young babies. They scream until they get what they want. Maybe some adults still do that, too. But lack of confidence is a learned habit. And it's one that sometimes we have to unlearn. Uh, also, 
and I would have said it before, it's one of the principles at the heart of my work, is that we're always doing our best. So beating ourselves up over our perceived lack of confidence really serves no purpose. It just brings, I suppose, shame and guilt into it. It's like, oh, I should be feeling more confident than I am. Well, you know, feelings are always valid. But I often think if we're if we're beating ourselves up over our feelings, you know, that's a downward spiral. You know, let's remember here that there's never anything wrong with us. Uh, we're simply aware that in some situations we would like to feel differently. The other thing to remember with confidence is, and, and this this I suppose goes to the heart of the some of some of the work I do in this area, is that it's very difficult to just think our way into self-confidence because you know confidence is a feeling. We're looking to feel differently. So if you know certain situations where you would like to feel more confident, or if you think about some scenarios you might be in and you know, you feel self-conscious and worried and anxious. Always remember, it's difficult to jump from perceived lack of confidence straight into self-confidence. You always need what I label a, a bridging strategy, something to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you would like to be. And from my own experience and from working with many clients in this area, uh, two of the most effective bridging strategies or bridging qualities happen to be two other words that begin with the letter uh, C as well. So C for confidence, but these two bridging strategies are C for courage and the other one for calmness. So let's explore each of these. So the first one, courage, I always label this as the gateway to confidence because sometimes we think we're looking for confidence when in reality we're actually looking for courage. Now, we've all heard of that phrase, fake it till you make it. You know, it is a valid strategy. I actually prefer the term fake it till you feel it, because if you're faking something or acting something, maybe after a while it will just become an ingrained habit. But for us to genuinely feel confident, we have to sort of, how would I say, figure out how we can earn that sense of confidence. And that brings us into the territory of setting ourselves a goal or a target you know, we, we decide to do something that perhaps otherwise we would have avoided. This could be something as simple as asking a question during a team meeting at work or maybe saying no to something that you don't really want to do. And um, what it will enable us to do, though, this new action is to approach uh, maybe an old or habitual situation in a new way. And the quality that that's required of us in those scenarios is courage. You know, it's not confidence that gets us to say no, it's courage or it's not confidence that gets us to step in behind a steering wheel and drive the car. It's it's courage. You know, in the movies, courage is usually depicted in the midst of explosions and epic deeds. You know, but in real life, courage is not found in these heroic quests. We find our courage when we are alone with our thoughts and struggling with uncertainty. It's in those moments when without fanfare or applause, we make a courageous decision. You know, we draw a line in the sand and say no more. Or we quietly yet determinately decide to give something a go. One of the simplest ways of accessing our reserves of courage is to recall times in the past when we exercised courage, you know, a challenge that maybe we overcame, something that we were scared uh, to do, but we did it anyway and we survived. You know, we acted in spite of feeling nervous or worried. So it's a cliche, but if we're looking to feel differently, we have to approach situations differently. Uh, we have to take actions and we we do this by accessing those reserves of courage that perhaps we thought we didn't have, but maybe we do. 
The second bridging strategy for connecting more purposely with a sense of confidence is that second C word, calmness, and trying to get to a place of feeling a little calmer on the road to confidence, as it were. You know, recently I asked a client this question, if if you already had all the confidence you needed, what is it that you actually want? And he took a moment, and then his response was very definite. It was calmness. And the minute he said it, I could see and he could feel you know, that sense of anxiousness or stress just drain from his shoulders and from his expression. You know, he thought he was seeking confidence, but in reality, it was inner peace and calmness and the ability to approach situations in a more relaxed way. And I think we can all relate to that. You know, for me, I've always said it, there are two voices in our heads. One is the gremlin voice, the one that talks us down, that does contingency thinking, does the worrying, does the worst case scenario analysis. And then there's also the voice of inner wisdom. The gremlin voice focuses on, how would I say it? Ultimately, it has our own best interests at heart, but it's a very harsh voice. Um, I often view it as the mouthpiece for our perceived lack of worthiness, feeling like a fraud, our fear of being judged by others. You know, it's the, the voice of our internal wisdom, of course, is only audible when we're quiet because that gremlin voice is very loud and harsh. The voice of internal wisdom is softer. You know, it says things like you'll get through this or what's the worst that can happen or this too will pass. In the past, when I worked with clients in the area of self-confidence, the emphasis went on the word itself from that definition that I mentioned earlier, confidus, with faith. So we're doing something with faith in ourselves, with faith that things will work out. But now I bring the word self into it more purposefully, you know, the self in self-confidence. When we are lacking or we think we're lacking in self-confidence, our focus tends to be on others and what we think others are thinking about us. We discount or we discard completely our own wisdom, our own opinion. So when we feel we are lacking in self-confidence, that gremlin voice is overactive and it's screeching things such as, well, what will they think of me? Sure, I couldn't say that. He'll reject me. There's no point in trying. I'll fail. Sure, no one will show up. I'm a fraud. Others will find out. They're all versions of that weed in the garden, as I call it, that that limiting belief that other people will be judging me negatively. But if we bring that into awareness and we're aware of it, you know, we get to the witness position, we can see our pattern. So if I'm thinking other people are judging me negatively, In that moment, I'm the only one who's doing negative judgment because I'm judging other people negatively. So it's like I'm judging them, judging me. Or if we don't get too lost with this line of thinking, I'm actually judging me, judging them, judging me. If I think they're judging me negatively, I'm actually judging them negatively in that moment. And if we can become aware of that, we can sort of look to get out of our own way. That's a thought pattern that only exists inside our own heads. You know, simply put, when we believe we are lacking self-confidence, we're just doing a hell of a lot of mind reading. We're attempting to go inside other people's heads and do their thinking for them. We're ignoring our own inner wisdom. We're not self-referencing. We're not trusting or having faith in ourselves. We're actually completely ignoring the self and self-confidence. So how do we counterbalance that negative gremlin voice? Well, we start by purposely asking ourselves, different questions. You know, we're looking to focus the mind. We're 
we're bringing our attention towards something we want as opposed to something that we don't want. You know, questions may be, you know, well, what works for me? How do I feel about this? What's the right thing for me to do? What do I want to achieve? What sits best with me? If I was being my true self today, what would I say or do? What approach would make me feel most proud about myself? You know, sometimes we think being self-confident is about being selfish. It's not. I view it as just balancing out that um, the scales between honesty and modesty. You know, I just want to be as honest as I am modest. And I want to be honest with myself and my own feelings and my own opinions. You know, it's the same self that sits in self-esteem and self-worth, um, self-acceptance, self-awareness. You know, it's the same self that sits within self-confidence. You know, questions like those help us to strengthen our connection with ourselves. You know, and remember, your inner wisdom is your constant and strongest ally. It's that part of you that remains unchanged throughout your lifetime. It's that deep-seated wisdom that has guided you at key moments in your life in the past. And if for a moment you just contemplate the question, you know, what would life be like if you trusted your inner wisdom and trusted yourself just a little more? When we are connected with our inner wisdom, everything seems so simple. You know, we are filled with a sense of possibility and somehow we just feel more ourselves it's in this space that coincidences and synchronicities occur and somehow maybe we become luckier or events conspire to assist us, if I paraphrase that famous Paolo Coelho quote. My invitation for you over the next few days or the next week is that if you're looking to lean into greater levels of self-confidence yourself, just remember those bridging strategies of calmness and courage. They're more accessible. So maybe I can reach for calmness by breathing more purposefully, or I can draw on my reserves of courage by thinking about those times in the past when I was scared or anxious and I moved forward and I survived because they're reserves that you can draw upon now. So rather than thinking about confidence, let's focus on leaning into calmness and that sense of courage. It, like happiness, for me, self-confidence is something that usually just happens naturally when we simply get on with the business of living our lives as authentically, as genuinely as possible. And when we stop putting what we think other people might be thinking about us ahead of what feels right on the inside. You know, I came across a, a while back one of these rules, you know, the way you hear about Pareto's rule or the 80-20 rule. I came across the 20-40-60 rule. You know, at 20, we are so concerned about what other people think about us. At 40, maybe we don't care as much about what other people think about us. Um, at 60, we realise that other people weren't thinking about us anyway. So I've just turned 50. I'm not sure where I am between those two. Um, but maybe I've come to realise that if we think about the amount of time we spend in our own heads thinking about what other people are thinking about us, and if everyone else is doing the same, they don't have the time or the inclination to be overly concerned with us. And that's good to know, because as I say, one of the main chorus lines from the gremlin voice is the, is the fear that other people are judging us negatively. And maybe we're the only ones who are judging ourselves negatively. So I hope you found this week's musings on the topic of self-confidence and putting the self back into self-confidence uh, helpful. 
There's more resources on this and many other personal development topics on my website, jamesweetman.com. If you find this episode or past episodes of benefit, please do spread the word. And maybe you want to give a rating or a review as well. So thank you again for tuning in. And until next time.